from the Mercy One Studio. Making it personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Carrie Grass, author of several books, including The Anti-Mary Exposed, which we'll be talking about today. Carrie has a doctorate in philosophy from the Catholic University of America, is editor at the online women's magazine, Theology of Home. She's a frequent guest on Ave Maria Radio, Catholic Answers, EWTN, and Relevant Radio, and has appeared on a number of TV shows, including Fox and BBC. Carrie has lived and worked in Washington, D.C. and Rome, Italy. So good morning, Carrie. This is Bishop Johnson, and uh, it's so great to reconnect with you after so many years. And uh, your life is very rich, though. So for you, for us to have an opportunity to, to to chat with you is is really a great blessing. As we're now in our first full week of Lent, uh, winding down, and all that uh, the spiritual graces that God affords us. But the the very uh, provocative title, the Anti Mary Exposed: Rescuing the Culture from Toxic Femininity. Obviously, didn't sit with, well with some of our cultural masters as well, <laughs> and it was even pulled down from certain uh, sites. Can you comment mm-hmm. on that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good morning. It's great to be here with you. Um, yeah. No, this was one of the things that I just, you know, it seemed like a fluke and just kind of came up. But Facebook Marketplace um, took it down. A, a bookstore tried to post the book, and they said it went against community policies. And so I thought, you know, maybe this is a fluke. Um, and then later that day, the same bookstore tried to post it on Instagram and got the exact same message, and um, so they they couldn't post it. Um, so it it I I put out these messages on Facebook and Instagram, and um, people just were up in arms. They were just amazing in terms of their support. So they everybody went to Amazon and, and bought it. Um, you know, this is a two year old book. It was just a strange thing that there were you know glitches or issues with it. Um, but of course, this happened the same week as, as Biden's inauguration. So anyway, it was all very interesting to sort of see that. But then what happened at Amazon was the book got up to number 242 in their total sales. Um, and they ran out of books, but then they actually stopped selling it. So, you know, when you go to Amazon, there's that button where you can say, you know, the book's coming in on March 13th, buy now, you know, and we'll ship it when it comes in. Well, none of that appeared. They only left up um, third-party sellers. So the book actually stumbled, you know, tumbled really from 242 down to something like, you know, 15,000 within a couple of days because nobody could actually purchase it from them. Um, and our my publisher was working with them and they put it up for like an hour and then it would come down again. Um, so anyway, it was really interesting to sort of see what, what was going on. You know, were they trying to make sure it didn't get into their top 100 or was it on track to become a bestseller? Who knows? Um, but, it, it, you know, it seems like, again, an awful lot of flukes for um, a little book that's two years old. Um, and um, so Which anyway, kind of the, seems the, the to illustrate even one of the uh, points you raise in the book, that there's a kind of cultural <laughs> yeah. and uh, media-related, yeah. and, and the Academy as well, yeah. uh, are going to kind of yep. control the narrative in a way. And the, mm-hmm. anything, you know, with criticism with men, that's, uh, that's rife uh, in our culture. You don't have to look very hard to yeah. see that but less so of women. So the, mm-hmm. the phrase toxic femininity uh, maybe uh, provoke them. What are your thoughts? Yeah. No, I think absolutely. Um, you know, women are supposed to sort of be beyond reproach in our culture, and everything is the, the fault of the patriarchy and toxic masculinity. So, um, I, yeah, I definitely think that the subtitle of my book was, was part of the, the provocation. But, again, the irony being, as you pointed out, that the whole book, you know, describes how it is that this narrative is being controlled and, and the, the kind of content that women are being fed 
um, without really real options or alternative ways of, of thinking because they are controlling so much of um, the, just the public square, whether it's politics or Hollywood or um, magazines, fashion industry, even book publishing, um, it, it, you know, is being controlled by women who don't want an alternative narrative getting out. So, um, so yeah, it's 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 been great for for this book. A lot of people are seeing it that never would have seen it otherwise. So, I you know, you have to see the Holy Spirit. That was a brilliant yeah, marketing strategy, that. Carrie. Way to go. <laughs> Someone asked me that. Someone said, did you plan this? I was like, no, of course. <laughs> You've got a plant in the Amazon I'm... Empire. <laughs> exactly. And Facebook, yeah. No, nope, I've definitely not. Yeah. That's so I'm so all, happy so. you've been, your reputation's been rehabilitated, or at least you're on probation <laughs> to be with us. So. Exactly. All right, exactly. we're going to pause so here, we'll and then we'll be back in a moment. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security. 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We're back with Carrie Gress, author of several books, including The Anti-Mary Exposed, Rescuing the Culture from Toxic Femininity, that we are focusing on today. So, Carrie, thank you again for being with us. Uh, There's a strong theological and and mariological dimension to what you're about, but you also kind of do a sociological unpacking of where we've been in the last 50 years. Uh, For some of us, a kind of uh, life narrative that uh, can relate to some of this. But you speak about the anti-Marianism in our culture, the feminism that rose in the 60s and 70s, and then make reference to uh, our beloved uh, St. John Paul II, our our mutual involvement in the Tertio Millennio Seminar in Krakow. You were kind of overseeing that for many years. But John Paul observed that Mary is located in the center itself of the enmity. So what's he getting at, and and what's this uh, in terms of uh, women's place within the culture? Yeah, Yeah, well, I think what he's referring to is is it goes back to this basic idea that, that, um, you know, the devil knows that when he gets women, he gets everybody. And we can see this with Eve, certainly. Um, You know, this is why he, he targeted her first, and then, sure enough, she Adam comes along, and this is what we're really seeing in the family, and I, I think we can ex- see this from our own experience in terms of just, um, you know, if you've got a solid woman at the heart of a family, so many things can happen, and yet the family can remain intact and healthy um, because of just, you know, her heart to the core of all of this. Um, but if you get women to abandon their the, the beauties of, of being a faithful wife or of even virginity in terms of the religious calling and vocation, um, then, then it's really easy to sort of destroy the culture from from its roots, um, and so this is really what the book goes into: is just looking at how this has been done over the last sixty years, um, using a lot of um, a lot of 
technological savvy, using some really attractive women, using all kinds of, of um, talking points that actually haven't changed that much. If you look at what, you know, the points from the 1960s and what is still being used today to justify abortion, they haven't had to change it that much um, because they've they've locked up the arguments so tightly and, and made them very concise and just keep repeating them over and over again. So I, I um, noted, you know, you said that, you know, the, the actress uh, Natalie Portman, Portman is so surprised mm-hmm. even that there are arguments against abortion. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, people just don't hear them, um, especially when you're in an environment like Hollywood where it's just, you know, presumed to be second nature and almost as a, a rite of passage to have had an abortion. So, yeah, it's it's really tragic how much, um, how far we've gotten away from, you know, authentic womanhood and, and certainly Our Lady is a model. In fact, it's almost, you know, laughable to suggest to women that they should look to Our Lady because they've done such an amazing job to, to pivot away from who she is and who her virtues are. And uh, paradoxically, you know, Versus the kind of misogyny that might come from men, you know, Harvey Weinstein and, and mm, that, that whole cult, yeah. kind of cultural phenomenon. But uh, this is, as you know, a, a different kind of matriarchy that might, you know, be more condescending internally uh, to women, you know, mm. that, oh, you know, you extol motherhood or virginity. You know, you're mm-hmm. just trying to keep women down on the farm here, you know. I mean, which in, in Iowa, a very vivid <laughs> image for us as well. So mm-hmm. this, this uh, mindset of popular feminism, that I want it all. I want it all. And, uh, right. you know, is that possible for right. any of us? But I, I was struck, you know, just to be thinking uh, in contrast with St. Therese of Lisieux when she was a child in that basket of goodies, mm-hmm. I choose all. And she who entertained all mm-hmm. the possible vocations in the church, is is it a stretch to, to try and contrast those two different dispositions? Yeah. No, I think that's a really beautiful juxtaposition, actually, because you see in the one um, the, the radical feminist is, is, is grasping at everything at the expense of others, you know, the expense of her children um, who are aborted, the expense of um, men and relationships and family, all of that. Whereas Therese is doing the opposite. She's sacrificing and offering everything from within herself for others. Um, so one is, is, is saying, you must do this for me, and the other is saying, I will do this for you. Um, so yeah, I think that's an incredible way way to put it. I, I might have to borrow that actually at some point. Um, those, those two together. So thank you. Yeah, no footnote needed. It's all yours. <laughs> oh, thanks. thanks. It thank belongs you. to the I church. Yeah. And, and, and then when we think about Mary, and I'm, I'm kind of leaping mm-hmm. around here, but uh, you know, yeah, as you say, to choose all, to, to grasp it all, versus to offer all of oneself in this way. Mm-hmm. And we think about Mary and her own embodiment of all this. Why is her form of surrender not simply pathetic weakness, as it might be judged mm-hmm. by this kind of anti-Marian culture? Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that that's an important point is to to say, or just to to see how much that you know that you know Aristotle and the human mind goes from one extreme to the other. Um, so the way they've painted us is that if you're not just like them, then you must be a doormat. And I think that this is you know it's a bad. That's the, just the other extreme, which of course is not true. Um, and so Our Lady really is this, this emblem of what happens when we surrender and we allow God to work through us, um, to allow God to plant seeds in our soul and then to, to let them come to, to fruition. Um, she's an example of fruitfulness. You know, we talk about this a lot in Scripture, which it comes up in the Rosary, um, and I've talked about this in, in subsequent books, and especially in Theology of Home, too, um, that women aren't made to be powerful, they're made to be fruitful, um, and yet, in our fruitfulness, you can see Our Lady is, you know, she's been called the most powerful woman in the world. There's no woman that's been painted more 
who's inspired more. Um, you know, if you look at all of Europe, so much of it is built like Notre Dame Cathedral with her in mind. Um, so it, it's an interesting thing that see that when we grasp at power, we don't really become powerful, but when we grasp at what God has for us, um, then all the other things come from it. And that's why she is such a great model for us, because everything that she does is a reflection of God and is not oh, not of herself. That's um, which is the exact opposite of, of the uh, what we're told in the world today. Beautifully elaborated. And of course, you know, you're, you're singing my song when you make reference to Aristotle as well, but it's kind of something that's <laughs> ingredient in the cancel culture, right? That that they become, mm-hmm. you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know, more binary in their own way, that they only allow for extremes and not this kind of richly textured uh, part mm-hmm. of, you know, and, and the level of anthropology and, and other ways also. Full disclosure, we're both mm-hmm. uh, Catholic U philosophy alums, so, you know, we'll try not to go <laughs> go down uh, rabbit holes here. But, uh, but where nature can't stand a vacuum, if we displace Mary... Right. Then we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna ultimately find others and these iconic figures of Folly, Lilith, yes. Jezebel, and Artemis uh, mm-hmm. take the take the, the that uh, vacuum. Could you the, mm-hmm. the hold they have in, con- mm-hmm. in our contemporary consciousness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, probably, I, think, I won't ask you, you know, to do all five, but just maybe one of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I think what you, you raise a great point. This vacuum idea, you know, whenever Christianity and Judaism are weak. Paganism is like the jungle. It's just going to move in and take over. And this is really what we've seen with this resurrection of um, this goddess worship culture that 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 exists now. And you know, maybe it's not in front of us every day, but you can see it if you look deep enough. And it's certainly very much alive in in the radical feminist um, work. So, yeah, it's really just trying to make every woman a goddess. Um, and it, women are sort of picking those that have been allotted throughout the centuries and trying to kind of emulate them or be ruled or guided by them, um, obviously in a very demonic kind of way. Um, so, yeah, someone like Lilith, was, that was one of the, the probably the most surprising pieces for me to research was just looking at her. She's known by, you know, James Joyce called her the patroness of abortion. Um, she is... The word lullaby comes from people praying against her because she would, her, basically, she would seduce men and kill babies. Um, that was what how she was described. And so, if you look at what happened in the 1960s, where women, you know, threw out all these mores and traditions and things that people have taught us um, because they protect us, um, you know, really at the heart of them was the seduction of men and and then, of course, the killing of the fruit of that, um, which was, of course, babies. So. Anyway, it's 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 horribly sad to sort of see this repetition that passes itself off as wisdom, um, and in fact is actually again falls back into folly because they didn't these women didn't have enough formation to really see that what they were doing is as old as the hills, um, and is and is still as you know it's just as deadly as it was centuries ago. Mm-hmm. And becomes a kind of reflexive uh, spiritual, psychological violence in the process, you know. It's mm-hmm. not that kind of salutary yeah. uh, denial of self, but uh, denying something of mm-hmm. one's identity in, in a very right. way. And, uh, right. you know, and uh, this is, you know, probably too much TMI, but, uh, you know, you mentioned Artemis, the, the goddess figure and everything else. I was hearkening back to my uh, trip with my good priest friend, Father Scott Bullock, when we were in Ephesus and there in the great amphitheater mm-hmm. and uh, reading that passage of the Acts of the Apostles, you know, and Paul and everything else. And, and I'm up in the stands saying, give us Artemis, give us Artemis, kind of enacting <laughs> that, that passage from wow. the Acts of the Apostles. Now, wow. now 
no, no, I want no texts or criticism uh, messages <laughs> that I'm somehow swaying from the, my devotion <laughs> to Jesus. But uh, uh, so um, that way in which then you know that uh, not listening to one's own internal inclinations as God has created us to be, and obviously then redeemed by Jesus through the, the mediation of Mary in this way. You also talk about the uh, feminist ona. Uh, Acknowledgement of this ache with no name, and uh, mm-hmm. and yet you, you you do name it as you respond in our own kind mm-hmm. of fundamental inclinations as women and men. Yeah, yeah, no, and this was one of Betty Friedan's you know real rallying cry that I think resonated with so many women and led so many of them astray was that they had this ache with no name and they all assumed it was because they were home with their children. But, you know, if she had known her own faith tradition, she would know that this ache is what every human experiences, that it's a desire for God that can only be filled with God. Um, so it's it's a tragic thing to see how she was able to manipulate that and, and turn people away from God even more, um, because, we're you know, we're now seeing the fruit of it, and it's, it's awful if you look at the statistics related to women's unhappiness, you know, everything from suicide rates to depression rates, substance abuse, STIs, you know, all these things just reflect a population of women who are incredibly unhappy. Um, and, you know, we don't, we're not hearing anything counter, you know, to, to recognize that and bring us back to what is actually going to make us happy again, because the, the idea is that we just need more of this and then we'll be happy. Um, you know, sort of that same communist mantra, we just haven't tried it yet. It's, it'll work next, you know, this, hmm. this belief that, that eventually if we just have more of it, it's finally going to work. Um, so yeah, tragically, it's it, we're just producing more and more unhappy women. And now that the LGTB movement is actually following the exact same ideology, it's actually just a you know the fourth wave really of uh, feminism. Um, we're seeing it even more problems because of the fact that now we're messing with biology, we're you know hacking off body parts and, and really changing people um, biologically in ways that you know there's no going back. Um, if, if people when when and if people decide that it's not still not filling that ache with no name. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I think that's a key insight. You know, you talk about, you know, hacking it at different parts. I mean, there are these rallying exhortations to uphold the sisterhood. You know, we can think of The View mm-hmm. and other shows in this way or showing right. one's lady parts. Yet there's a kind of newspeak that plays loose with the truth. And yet another paradox that there's this, you know, rallying or this uh, fascination with the with royalty, you know, as a kind of, Maybe mm-hmm. remote phenomenon mm-hmm. that uh, kind of uh, idyllic in this way, but just think of the recent announcement right. of Harry and Meghan's uh, pregnancy with their second mm-hmm. child. Uh, how, how is this, uh, right. you know, part of right. manifesting this phenomenon? Yeah, I think it's an interesting phenomenon because you would think that that would be the last thing that radical feminists would want to extol and uphold is because it's it's such a vestige of the patriarchy. You know, what could be more patriarchal? than this very old matriarch or um, monarchy. Of course, you know, Queen Elizabeth has been queen for how, you know, so many years now. Um, but it, it is a very, um, it's, it's a hierarchy. It's not a democracy. There's not, you know, there's definitely a, a pecking order. And um, so it's interesting to see how much that fascinates people. And I think, it, you know, much of it is just because it's wrapped in glitz and in fashion and all of that. But I think it does, at, at the heart of it, it shows that people want this sort of fairy tale ending, that they want something beautiful and compelling. And certainly, you know, that the, the scandal around 
Harry and Meghan has, you know, fueled that all the more um, in so many different directions and ways. But, um, you know, it's not going away. Um, it, it, there's that discussion and, and fascination is just going to continue to stay there because of the royalty connection. Oh, you're giving us a lot to reflect on. This is kind of a hearty breakfast fair here for us to, to think about or mid-morning, uh, you know, for those who are fasting on Fridays during Lent, uh, <laughs> here's a, a nice substitute here to feed the soul. Uh, and maybe it's almost going a little too heavy lifting here, but, you know, you make, mentioned royalty. But you also contrast the male disposition toward hierarchy and, and the common good mm-hmm. versus the female inclination yeah. toward egalitarianism. Obviously, there are repercussions for our church. Why wouldn't we all? I mean, as we're modern, democratic, uh, liberal people, why wouldn't we esteem uh, egalitarianism over hierarchy? Yeah, no, I think this is a great question. In fact, nobody's asked me this. So I was really, hey, really that's glad, one for the home team. that you're bringing that up. <laughs> no, that's it. I mean, it's it's completely fascinating to me. There's a book actually that I read that helped me think through this well that I recommend to anybody um, called. Warriors versus warriors, and, um, and just to know, you get really about forty-five seconds, and then we'll carry over what okay. your, your response. Thank well, you. in any event, it just breaks down the way that men relate to things and women relate to things in very, very different ways. But we need both of them. Um, so I think that's part of the problem is we've reduced everything down into egalitarianism instead of at the expense of the hierarchy, and I, I think that's really the crux of the problem. Hmm. Okay. Well, and uh, you know, but. You know, don't don't we all? I mean, deserve a, a gold star and everything for all we've got. No, I mean the, the diversity <laughs> of human attributes and qualities, uh, obviously carrying over among men and women, everything else. But the, are, is there a is there a, a genius and a profile that is distinctively women, as uh, Saint John Paul II spoke about as well? And so that if we kind of homogenize or steamroll over this, that the equality does not mean sheer identity in that way. And I think as mm-hmm. we try to come to our identities, yeah, that there are some positions, which obviously for men need to be redeemed. But uh, Kelly, <laughs> Kelly Smiley. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the state of Iowa. Permar Security, 515-244-5660, permarsecurity.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We are back with Carrie Gress, author of the book, The Anti-Mary Exposed, Rescuing the Culture from Toxic Femininity. Okay. And so uh, kind of a recent phenomenon in the month of February, kind of dovetailing off that last point about hierarchy and egalitarianism, uh, the organization, formerly known as the Boy Scouts of America, initiated their first uh, cohort of females into the rank of Eagle Scout, which is a lofty achievement, obviously, the, the kind of civic virtues and merit and service to the common good. Uh, should we be celebrating this achievement? Obviously, some fine young mm-hmm. women involved. 
Yeah, you know, I think one of the, the, the things that we've been told over and over again is that women, in order to have their dignity, they, they must become like boys or men. And I think that's really where a lot of the confusion comes from. In fact, I remember years ago, one of my daughters asking me, you know, she's probably five, um, saying, you know, what is it about being a girl that's that's better than being a boy? Um, and I didn't have a great answer for her, which, I, you know, it's really shamed. Like, how do we not have a good answer for this question? Um, so I think that's that has motivated a lot of my own searching in this. Um, and I, and it comes back again to our human nature and how it is that God made us um, and got what the purposes for which God intended us to be on the planet. I don't think we're here to sort of just always be competing with boys and have that be the, the, the locus of our identity. I think there's, there's a lot more that's going on here and maybe looking into this, this idea of the anti-Mary has been really revelatory for me to me. Because what's being fought against? Well, it's, it's motherhood and virginity. And, of course, Our Lady is the virgin mother. Um, you know, even uh, Sue Ellen Browder, who used to write for Cosmopolitan, said she could make up these Cosmo women, but they couldn't be virgins and they couldn't be mothers. Um, so I think that, you know, at the end of the day, obviously it's it's lovely that these women were able, these, these teenage girls were able to do this, but I think that that, that just keeps pushing us in this direction of, we have to keep competing with men versus saying, no, absolutely, I have these incredible gifts. Largely, we, you know, we can see them imprinted into our bodies. Women have this great capacity to hold and improve things. Um, so we, we see this, we carry children, we give birth to them. We're, you know, our arms are, are, are bent slightly different than men's, so we can cradle children. But we also have the capacity to be dialed into people on an emotional level, um, we can help them reach their potential. We can pray for them. We hold them in our hearts when they're struggling. Like women have a, a, a bounty of these gifts that we're just ignoring because, again, we feel like we're being told we have to compete with with men. And I think that that's the real tragedy: is we're not in any way able to find that place where we can become truly happy because we're disconnected from these avenues through which women do become happy. Um, and which are our virginity and motherhood. Um, so I think that that's the real issue behind this is, um, you know, just Boy Scouts isn't Boy Scouts anymore um, and, and changing that and twisting it in a way um, that, that is a distortion of both boys and girls. All right. Without casting any aspersions on these young women or anything, you've given me something course, to reflect not, on course, enlarging absolutely. the lens there. Right. So we have yeah, about a minute uh, 20 left. Uh, we could have you for a whole other show and would look forward to doing so <laughs> in the future. Uh, but you do make that sobering observation that the church has lost the majority of women. What's our hope mm-hmm. in terms of possibly drawing them back yeah. and the mission of the, of the right. church from Jesus and, and Mary's role in that mm-hmm. in our prayer? Yeah. Well, I think it does always come, it, it does come back to Our Lady and helping women find why it is that she can be a model for them. And that's why the second half of this, my book was really focused on her, because the fact that she is, is this model, and we need to kind of come to know who she is again, because it's not natural, and it's not naturally presented to us in the, in the culture and even in the Church. So that's probably the, the quick and best answer, is to, to rediscover the rosary and rediscover who she is. Um, but I think that there's a lot that women need to do for other women, um, and we need to try and find avenues. This is the, the whole goal of my work at Theology of Home, um, to help women understand who they are and, and pass this along, because women have this great capacity to evangelize others. And, if, you know, if you look at the early Church, there's these amazing saints like Monica and Lucy and Cecilia, who 
um, evangelize those that they loved around them. I don't Beautiful. think that that mission well, Thank you very um, much, Carrie Caress. And uh, the book is Auntie Mary Exposed. Hopefully, whether you can't get it on Amazon, you can find it somewhere else. And then also your more recent books, Theology of Home 1 and 2. Blessings on your work, your vocation. Thank you so much. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com.